Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 7th of May. New COVID restrictions are now in force across Sydney as health authorities scramble to work out a missing link in the latest COVID scare. A man in his 50s and his wife have tested positive, with genomic testing finding it's the same viral sequence as a recently returned US traveller. But authorities can't find out how he contracted the virus, suspecting there is a missing link and therefore unknown COVID cases in the community. The New South Wales Premier has now announced new New restrictions, including mandatory mask wearing on public transport and house gatherings limited to 20. It comes ahead of Mother's Day this Sunday, but Gladys Berejiklian is encouraging people to still head out. If this was WA or Queensland, they would have shut down the whole city. They would have said stay at home. They would have said don't go about your business. We're saying the opposite. It comes as the number of exposure sites across Sydney grows, forcing hundreds of people to isolate for the next 14 days. New South Wales Treasurer and father of six, Dominic Perrottet, is one of them. I've got to self-isolate for 14 days from last Friday uh, right here in my kids' rumpus room. Not going to be fun. The latest Sydney cases have already seen South Australia ban travellers who have visited the exposure sites from entering the state. And New Zealand has also announced it's suspending flights from New South Wales for at least the next 48 hours. Here is Margie Osman from the Tourism and Transport Forum. You may get stuck in New Zealand, you may get stuck in Australia, depending upon what the issue is. But I think across the board, the problem here is that it once again uh, is a knock to traveller certainty about their capacity to travel and to travel without the borders closing around them. Meantime, the Australian cricketers and staff have now left COVID-stricken India for the Maldives where they're set to wait out the travel ban. It comes as the federal government is set to announce that thousands of other Australians stranded in India will now be flown home on repatriation flights once the temporary travel ban is lifted. The PM is expected to announce further details today. And also making news on the COVID front this Friday, the Australian Medical Association says there are no calls for concern as five new cases of rare blood clots are linked to the AstraZeneca vaccine. One of the cases is a 66-year-old man who is in intensive care in a Queensland hospital. The other cases in Victoria, WA and Tasmania have been discharged from hospital. The Therapeutic Goods Administration says all the patients had serious underlying health conditions. AMA President Dr Omar Korshid says these latest cases may be alarming, but says clots associated with the vaccine are still very rare. We're seeing a rate of less than one per 100,000 people, uh, and that's a rate that it's very hard to get your head around, but it's equivalent to uh, the chances of you getting killed in a car accident when you get out in the car and drive to your doctor. And former NRL star Jared Hayne has spent his first night behind bars after being sentenced to five years and nine months jail for the sexual assault of a woman in Newcastle in 2018. The 33-year-old must serve at least three years and eight months before he'll be eligible for parole. Speaking outside of court, here is Detective Inspector Eugene Steck. And I hope other women can draw inspiration from her and men can draw inspiration from her or whoever. And, and have the confidence to come to the police. Now let's check out what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. 
Firstly, to Victoria, and there were frightening scenes in Melbourne last night after a truck driver allegedly hit five pedestrians in the city and then fled the scene. All five pedestrians, four men and a woman, were taken to hospital with two in a critical condition. As James Lake reports from Melbourne, police were quick to track down the driver last night. They were tash, yes, even though the driver didn't stop at the scene at all. Thankfully, there was another motorist who witnessed the incident and they followed the truck while providing assistance to police to help locate him. The driver, a 64-year-old man from Wyndham Vale, was arrested late last night and the truck involved was found nearby at Truganina. Police are now appealing for more witnesses to come forward especially any other drivers who have dashcam footage of the crash. And to WA, and there's good news on the COVID front for the Perth and Peel regions with more restrictions easing. No new community cases have been detected since last weekend's cluster. Our reporter Adam Hemmings is in Perth with more. Tash, we can take off our face masks from this weekend. No longer needing them at work, school or the gym, but they're still required on public transport at hospitals and aged care facilities and at venues where there's more than a 1,000 people. Nightclubs are reopening as well as the casino and the cap on crowds at sporting events is going back to 75%. Our border with New South Wales is still open, but officials here are closely monitoring the COVID cases in Sydney and they're warning it could change if needed. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at Canstar. Effie, good morning. Now, as we know, the real estate market is continuing to skyrocket across the country, but new data from CoreLogic has shown there is a very big issue with housing affordability for some Australians. Yeah, look, they've taken a really interesting spin on this and looked at, well, what income do you earn and what proportion of property could you possibly afford? So, you know, property markets hit the headlines again, putting housing affordability in the spot and despite home loan interest rates being on record lows. Now, this analysis that CoreLogic has done shows that high-income earners, they're sitting pretty. They're being able to afford around 85% of Australian homes. For mid-income earners, that figure falls right down to 57% of properties, while low-income earners could afford to buy just 18% of Aussie homes based on their income. Now, if you do fall in the lower end of the income scale, it's important to explore all your options. Low-income earners can still afford almost one in four apartments, And if you're a first-home buyer, a unit could be an affordable option to take that first step onto the property ladder. But just don't let FOMO drive your decisions here. There's plenty of hype around the uh, market right now, and you need to be able to afford the upfront costs of buying a place, as well as the ongoing expenses associated with owning a home. Yeah, good tips as always, Effie. Now, regarding savings, uh, it's extraordinary how much money some Australians are saving. Yeah, look, latest figures from APRA shows we have stashed an extra $9 billion into our savings accounts in March. And that brings the total household savings to an incredible $1.2 trillion. Now, that's got a lot of, you know, to do with our squealing or our cash uh, you know, during the COVID period. And the Commonwealth Bank alone now has about $306 billion in consumer deposits. Now, interestingly, they've got so much cash, they don't need to pay a decent rate because they've got the money sitting in there. And this may go some way to why, you know, there was some great news this week with ANZ, Westpac and NAB in their half-year earnings. You know, their profits bounced back and dividend payments were announced. Now, the Commonwealth Bank does have a different fiscal calendar and will probably get an update on the market on its first quarter results next week. 
But it does beg the question, Tash, given profits are back, are the banks back now? Interesting that uh, PwC only released its major bank's half-year analysis yesterday. And it says, look, while banks are stronger, uh, balance sheets, reputation and the outlook all look to a positive trajectory, there is uncertainty. And they do face many challenges still, including margins and fees, credit growth and changing customer preferences. So having said that, though, if you're one of these people that have squirreled money, maybe don't keep it in the bank, maybe buy the bank. <laughs> I, guess the, I guess the tip here, Tash, is that you're going to earn nothing in a bank account. Look for other ways to use this spare cash. Happy Friday. Thank you, Effie. Thanks. Sport now to Brett Thomas and Brett. As we reported earlier, our Aussie cricketers and officials have finally managed to get out of India. Yes, good morning, Tash. They have. They've been granted safe passage out of India to the Maldives. Cricket Australia confirming they will remain there until the border back home reopens on May 15 at the earliest. Mike Hussey, though, who's uh, over there in a coaching capacity, he's been left behind. He's recovering from COVID in a hotel room. He'll actually move from Delhi to Chennai in an air ambulance. Uh, so he'll be there for at least another couple of weeks, we suspect. And Brett, the storm put injury hit South Sydney to the sword in the NRL last night. Yeah, it was a stunning win despite all those missing players that uh, they had, as you mentioned, Adam Reynolds uh, among them. 50-0 they lost to the Storm last night. Josh Adokar becoming the first player in 71 years to score six tries. Three of them came in a devastating 15-minute spell, but his coach Craig Bellamy says that the Flying Fox wasn't their only strong performer. They're really happy for him and I'm pretty sure that's a club record. That's great, you know, great for him and great for the whole team. There's a lot of work done before Josh can use his pace to get in the corner. Tonight it's the unbeaten Panthers against the Sharks before the Eels host the Roosters who have a few injuries as well. And also to the AFL now, we've had that COVID issue in Sydney and the Swans have flown to Melbourne but had to leave some support staff behind. Yes, uh, the squad have returned negative tests, so they have flown to Melbourne. They play the Demons tomorrow at the MCG. John Longmire will coach the side, but his coach's box will look a little bit empty. Don Pike, Jared McVeigh, Dean Cox all visited uh, that COVID hotspot, the cafe in Moore Park, on Monday. Longmire also went to the same cafe, but was outside the exposure window. Now, they've changed the start time of the Giants and Bombers game uh, tomorrow in Sydney. They've brought it forward by half an hour. Uh, Bombers coach Ben Rutten says it's nothing that they haven't dealt with before. Guys are pretty accepting of it now and it's actually yeah, part and parcel. We knew coming into the year it was going to be a different looking year um, on the back of last year as well so pretty little disruption. They will fly in and out on a charter flight and uh, just wrapping up a special mention to Ash Barty. She's done it again. 16 wins in a row on clay now. She's cruised into the Madrid Open final this morning in straight sets and if she's not already she'll certainly enter the French Open now as one of the red hot favourites. We wish her all the best. How good is Ash? Thanks so much Brett. Thanks Tash. And the Duke and Duchess of Sussex are celebrating their son Archie's second birthday. To mark the special milestone, Harry and Meghan have called for everyone to have equal access to the coronavirus vaccine, asking supporters on their website, archworld.com, to join them in advocating for vaccine equity, saying we cannot think of a more resonant way to honour our son's birthday.
And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch our latest episode and be across all the breaking news and hot topics as they happen in our brand new talk show, Australia Today with Steve Price, by heading to listener.com or downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a fantastic weekend. We look forward to seeing you bright and early on Monday. Listener.